Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. By a show of hands, how many of you have a car garage? How many of you guys have a garage? By a show of hands, come on. Don't be shy. Lift it high. Don't worry. I'm not going to ask you to borrow it. Uh, I'm not... How many of you guys? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. So, so about half of us. Okay. Put your hand down. Okay. By show of hands, those of you that have garage, how many of you, and I know this may be a little bit um, telling about you, but, but we're in a safe place. How many of you have it cluttered with stuff? So about half of the half, right? It's like you got a garage, but, but, but you got it cluttered with stuff. Well, let me tell you something with all due respect. If you have a garage and it's cluttered with stuff, you don't have a garage. You have a storage room. Did you know that half of Americans that own a garage don't use it as a garage but as a storage room? Let me show you what a garage should look like. This is what a garage should look like. Look at this. This is what a garage should look like. You could put a few things, but you need to leave enough room for the main thing, right? Now, this is what most garages look like. Look at this. You see why that's not a garage but a storage? Let me show you another one. Right? If you got kids, this is what yours looks like, right? I I wanted to take a picture of my garage because I'm halfway there. I I can actually park my car, but we, but Lorena's not in here, right? Lorena's got a lot of junk in there too, right? Now, check this out. Garages were intended to store what? A car. Not clothes that you'll never wear again or things that you'll use someday or things that'll be worth a lot of money someday in the future. Garages were intended to store cars. Now, just like a garage can get so cluttered with stuff that a car doesn't fit, our life can get so cluttered with stuff that we don't leave room for God. It's tragic, with all due respect, it's tragic to have a garage and not be able to put your car in it. But it's even more tragic to claim to know God, to claim to love God, to claim to serve God and leave God out of your life because there is so much stuff that there's no room for him. In church, I gotta tell you this morning, that we need to learn to make time and room for God. The pandemic should have taught us that God wanted us to slow down to make more room for him. But what we ended up doing 
was actually pushing God even further out. I got a neighbor, and uh, his garage looks a lot like that, right? And at first, he used to park his car outside the garage. But with time, he's began to park the car further and further from the garage. Because when you're not careful, your life will get so cluttered that there won't be room for God. Now, there's a habit, there's a practice, there's a discipline that God instituted, that God asked us to practice. And it is designed to help you declutter your life so that God can have room in your life, so that God can abide in your life. And not only so that you can have a relationship with God that is dynamic, that is real, that is growing, that is organic, but this practice also helps you prioritize First things first, and it helps you to have order in your life. And check this out. It helps you to have health in your life. You know what this practice is called? It's called the Sabbath. I don't know if you've ever heard that word, but look at what Jesus said in Mark 2, 27. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people. What was the reason for the Sabbath? For your benefit, for my benefit. What benefit is that? The benefit of having a relationship with God, the benefit of making God first, but also the benefit of being healthy, of being in a good state of mind, of being able to prioritize what should be prioritized. And see, Today, I want to propose, because we've been on this series about change, we've talked about changing our minds, we've talked about the environment of change, which is, in, which is community, we've talked about changing our prisons for freedom, we've talked about why God wants to change us. So while we're in this series about change, I want to propose this morning that we need to change our Sabbath. And what I mean by that is that we need to change what we believe and how we practice our Sabbath. See, Sabbath literally means day of rest or a day off. Some of you don't know what a day off is. And some of you, you know too well what a day off is. See, for most people, for most people, their Sabbath is Saturday and or Sunday. That is, that is their Sabbath. But listen to me, for Christians, Sunday should be the most important day of our week. Not Friday when you get paid, but Sunday, the day of the Lord. Amen. And see, the reason for the Sabbath, the reason for this priority, established and it's rooted in the Bible. But see, here's the thing. Sunday or the Sabbath has lost its luster, has lost its distinction, has lost its prestige. I don't know this to be true firsthand, but, but I'm told that back, a few decades back, Sunday was revered by everybody. Sunday was a big deal. Sunday, there, there, was, there was even laws about Sunday. Even today in some states, they don't sell alcohol on Sunday. A lot of restaurants closed on Sundays. The malls were not open on Sunday. It was kind of like everybody was Chick-fil-A. 
right? Isn't it funny that the, I don't know about you, but the day that I crave Chick-fil-A the most is the one day they're closed. Often after church, Lauren and I would be like, well, let's go grab something to eat. What, what should we get? You know, Chick-fil-A sounds good. Let, let's go today. And I don't know if you know why, but Chick-fil-A is owned by a Christian man, by a Christian family. And that is the day that they observed as an organization, the Sabbath. Now, here's what I want to do. What I want to do first is help you understand how we went from the Sabbath to Sunday. Because some of you, you probably, when you heard about Sabbath, you thought about Saturday. And I don't know if you've ever wondered or been asked, why is it that we don't meet on Saturday? I mean, when we read the Old Testament, it was the Sabbath. That was the day that, that the synagogue would, would be filled, that the Jews would go to the temple. Why do we meet on Sunday? Well, let me, let me show you the development of the, of the, of the Sabbath in the scriptures. And, and it's going to help you understand the transition from Saturday to Sunday. But it's also going to help you understand the Sabbath better. Are you ready? Elbow the person sleeping next to you and tell them, Pastor, work too hard for you to sleep. Pay attention. No, 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 I'm joking. But do wake them up. Here we go. Fill this out in your outline. Let's look at the development. The Sabbath begin, began with the first Sabbath. Anybody know who established the first Sabbath? Anybody know who had the first Sabbath? God did. In creation. That was the first Sabbath. Look at what Genesis 2, 2, 3 says. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it what? Holy. God declared the day holy. Here's why. Because it was the day, look at this, when he rested from all his work of creation. God declared and practiced the first Sabbath. In fact, the Bible tells us that God made the Sabbath holy. What does holy mean? Holy means to be separated, to be set aside, to be dedicated. For us to better understand this concept of a day being made holy, we need to see the separation not vertically, but horizontally. In other words, God elevated the Sabbath above the other days. He said this day, because on that day, God finished his work and God rested. The Sabbath is a day that God wanted us to understand that it is a day that points to him. It is a day to stop and enjoy life, to enjoy him. It is a day to delight in God. It is a day to have communion with God without the daily routines, without the pressures, without the rat race, without this and without that. The Sabbath day was established by God and it was separated above all the other days. God first gave the example but then the second step that we see on the Sabbath is that the Sabbath was then instituted. The Sabbath was made into an expectation. And it was instituted in the, as the Mosaic Sabbath. I don't know if you knew this or not, which you should know this, but the Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments. Did you know that? 
Let's read it together. Look at what Exodus 20 verses 8 through 11 says. It says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it what? How do you keep a day holy? By not sinning? Does that mean, well, if that's what keeping it holy means, does that mean that you can sin on all the other days? We keep it holy by doing the same thing that God did, elevating it above the other days, giving it a more priority, giving it a more urgency, giving it more passion. He says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest. Look at this. Dedicated to who? Come on, church, don't miss this. Don't miss this, because if you miss this part, you will miss the whole message. And that is what has been happening in the American church, that the Sabbath day is dedicated. It's not Sunday fun day. It's a day dedicated unto the Lord. Now, does that mean we need to be in church all day? No, it doesn't mean that. We'll, We'll see that. But it does mean that our priority and our filter needs to be God. Not our desires, not our schedule, not what's on sale, not what's happening this weekend, but God. Look at this. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigner living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he what? He rested. He breathed. He stopped to enjoy. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as so see the Sabbath day coming into creation. See the Sabbath day being instituted. But then we see the Sabbath day be fulfilled and be transformed into the day of the Lord. Would you fill that out in your outline? The Sabbath became the Lord's day. Like with many other things, the coming of Jesus changed the Sabbath. The Sabbath was changed. I I don't know if you've noticed this, but when you read the Gospels, Jesus constantly had arguments with the religious leaders over the Sabbath. That was one of the biggest fights that they would pick with Jesus. Why do you heal on the Sabbath? Why do your disciples work on the Sabbath? Why do you ask people to do things that are prohibited on the Sabbath? Jesus constantly was in arguments with religious leaders over the Sabbath. Do you know why? Because the religious leaders had turned the Sabbath into a burden. What was meant to give us rest, what was meant to give us joy, what was meant to give us freedom, the religious leaders had turned it into a burden, had turned it into all these laws. There was was a limited amount of steps that you could take on the Sabbath. Did you know that? And see, Jesus often told them, hey, not only is the Sabbath meant to benefit humans and not the other way around, but you need to know that I am the Lord over the Sabbath. In fact, let's read that. Look at what he says in Mark 2, 27 and 28. Then Jesus said to them, and them is the religious leaders, right? 
The Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord. He's Lord over all things, even over the Sabbath. When Jesus came, he, he made a new covenant, a new covenant made possible by the death on the cross and the resurrection from the grave. And this new covenant that Jesus established had a new day. Anybody know what the new day was? Sunday, resurrection Sunday. When you think about Jesus, what day comes to mind? Not the seventh day, but the first day of the week. It was on a Sunday when Jesus resurrected. In fact, it was that Sunday when the women went out to the tomb and they, and they met the resurrected Lord and they bowed before him and they worshiped him. That was the first worship Sunday service. So Jesus came to fulfill what the Sabbath, man, Jesus is the fulfillment of the Sabbath. And with his coming, he changed it from Saturday to Sunday. Let me prove that to you. Look at what Colossians 2, 16 and 17 says. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating holy days or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. And Christ himself is what? That reality. In other words, the Sabbath, as many other things, only pointed to Jesus. The sacrifices, the, the, the tabernacle, all these things in the Old Testament, they were a shadow, they were an arrow that pointed to Jesus. And the reason we meet on Sunday is because the Sabbath became the day of the Lord. It went from the seventh day to the first day of the week. The early church, the, the church in the New Testament met on the first day of the week. See, Sunday was just any ordinary day. But when Jesus rose from the day, from the grave, he made Sunday unlike any other day Amen. that's why church listen to me sunday cannot just be another day for us we need to hold sunday our sabbath on on high esteem we need to give it priority and we need to use it properly but here's the thing before you begin to think oh pastor here you go you're gonna start giving all these rules and you're going to do what the Pharisees and the religious leaders did. No, no, no. Listen to me. Listen to me. Not only do we honor God on the Sabbath, but we're missing out on the benefits of the Sabbath. you got to remember that Jesus said that the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of the people. And let me tell you that God sees your hard work. If you, if, if you got little kids... I know your house is a zoo. If you're single and you're going to school, I know your schedule is crazy. If you don't got kids or you're not going to school, I know life is hectic. And God foresaw this reality and he wanted to give us room to breathe, to enjoy life, to live, not just to exist. 
And the Sabbath is meant to bring us life, to restore us strength. The Sabbath is supposed to benefit all of your relationships, your marriage, your friendships, your kids, your, your church community. The Sabbath is meant to improve your life. It's meant to make you healthier. It's meant to make you sharper. It's meant to make you more focused. It's meant to make you more, more passionate. It, the Sabbath has benefits for us that the enemy far too long has has caused us to miss out on them and see today many people fill all seven days of the weeks with tasks and activities you know it's so easy to fill up our life you know we were coming back from from our time in Orlando and Lorena and I were talking and uh, she she asked me she goes so what's your takeaway what are you taking away? And I actually wrote a few things that the Lord told me, some personally, some as a pastor. But one of the things that we both agree that we needed to do is that we need to slow down to enjoy the Lord. We need to slow down. And the only way you slow down is by saying no. And when you say no, you offend and hurt people. And listen, today, many people have more things than they have time. Have you ever found yourself saying that? Hey, how's it going? Oh, I got more things than I have time. So church, we need to change what we believe about the Sabbath. But we also need to change how we practice the Sabbath. Some of you, you work more than you should. You work more than God intended you to. You're more active than God wants you to. And the first thing we need to do is we need to change our paradigm about Sunday. Sunday is not a day where I get to choose what I want to do. Sunday is a day where we honor and worship the Lord, where we delight in him, where we enjoy him, where we focus on him. But it's also a day where we need to learn to practice it properly. So I want to help you do that. In fact, life groups are going to start in a couple of weeks. In this semester, we're going to go through a curriculum that is going to talk about the Sabbath. And, and we're going to talk about what that means. And, and, and you're going to learn some wonderful things that are going to bless you, make you more relaxed, make you more connected with God. And most importantly, that are going to help you to make room in your life for God. So we're going to do that. So if you're not in a life group, you promised me at the beginning of the series that you were going to join one. You know where liars go, right? To church. So we're going to be looking at that. But what I want to do today is I want to give you some practical things that you do in your Sabbath. Now, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. This is going to be radical. This is going to be difficult. Okay, God's ways are always very radical compared to the norm in society. For example, did you know that the Bible tells us believers that we are to view and use money differently than the world? Did you know that, that living in debt is not a good sign and that God commands us to be good stewards of our money. And I am a strong believer that if you are a Christian, you shouldn't buy stuff on credit, that you should save for it 
and whenever you have the whole amount, obviously except for a house and maybe a car, but you know, those, those Nikes that you want, that 59-inch TV and that big leather couch, you shouldn't buy it on credit. You should buy it when you've saved up for it. Now, I know some of you guys are looking at me like, you're crazy, dude. You must get paid too much. No, it's just, it's, it's radical thinking. God's ways are different from the world. The world says, get it today and you'll pay it with your tomorrow. And when you borrow enough from your tomorrow, it'll catch up with you. And if you can't tell yourself no, I always say this. If you, don't, if you can't tell yourself no, MasterCard or Visa will tell you no. And it feels worse when MasterCard and Visa tell you no. Because you go to the store and you're swiping, try it again, try it again. There must be some error. Deep down, you know that you're maxed out. Amen? So, so just warning you, just warning you. What are we to do on our Sabbath? Here we go. The day of the Lord, let me tell you four things. The day of the Lord is a day to rest. Is a day to rest. Listen to me, church. You know I love you, right? You know I love you? Some of you don't know it. Hopefully you'll know it soon. God wants us to rest. God is not impressed by what you do. I love that imagery of Jesus coming out of the waters after he was baptized and a voice from heaven came up and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am pleased. God was pleased in the son way before he did any miracles, way before he started his ministry. And let me tell you that God has given you a purpose, but fulfilling that purpose doesn't make you more loved or more liked by God. It's okay to rest. And the number one thing we got to do on the Sabbath is slow down, is stop. Say, it's okay to not wash the dishes today. It's okay to not do the laundry today. We looked looked at that first Sabbath. Some of you guys are laughing because you're like, I say that every day. Well, (laughs) just on Sunday, just on Sunday. The Bible says, as we already looked at this, the Bible says that after creation, God what? He rested. Why did God rest, church? He was not tired. Our God does not grow weary. Our God does not have limited strength and limited energy. You want me to tell you why God rested? Because he chose to. Rest is a choice. And God invites us to rest. You ready for the first radical thing? You should avoid working on Sundays. You know, my parents, they raised us up with a lot of good values that to today, I see the fruit in in my life and in my siblings. And there was two things of all the things that our parents did. And one was that as we were growing up, Sunday was not optional for us. Church was not optional for us. We, I, I couldn't wake up and tell my dad, oh, I don't feel like going to church. I think I'm going to sleep in. I couldn't. It, it, it wasn't optional for us. And as we started growing up um, and we wanted to get jobs, they said, you could, job, you could get a job except you can't get one that requires you to work on Sunday. 
Because they were teaching us to be able to rest and give God priority. You and I need to choose to rest, to get revitalized. Can I tell you something? The more you work, the more you're going to spend. You say, well, you know, I'm trying to save up. No, you end up spending more. You end up spending more. The more you have, the more you spend. You would think the more you have, the more you save. You don't. And let me tell you something, church. Let me tell you something. When you obey God and make the Sabbath a day unto him, a day of rest for us, God will bless you for it. Can I prove that to you? What he says in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Then Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and carry what? Heavy burdens. Anybody sound like that? I think that's every person in California, right? We're weary and heavy burden, and I will give you what? Rest. Rest. See, some of you, you, you come to God. Oh, God, give me strength. Oh, God, give me strength to endure this. Oh, God, give me strength. Oh, God, do not let me fail. And what God is telling you today, stop. Rest. You don't need more strength. What you need is rest. What you need is to be in my presence. What you need is to focus on me because that is what's going to revitalize you. So what do we do on the Sabbath? We rest. It is a day where we say, you know what? I'm not washing the car today. I'm not doing the yard today. I'm not going to go grocery shopping. I am going to rest. The world will be there tomorrow. Did you know that? The world continues to revolve even when you stop. You don't make it spin faster, and your stopping doesn't make it stop more. Second thing that you do, the Lord's Day is a day to nurture relationships. It's a day to nurture relationships. It is a day to connect. It is a day to to revitalize our relationship. Look at what Acts 27 says. On the first day of the week, we came together to what? To break bread. See, the Sabbath is a day to connect with your loved ones. And that is why I tell you, you shouldn't work on Sundays. Because you need to connect with your kids. If you're married, you need to connect with your spouse. It should be a day where where you guys can sit down to have dinner without a time clock. Where we got to hurry up because they got soccer practice. Or I got to hurry up because I got to go to this. A day where you can just slow down and taste the food. See, one of the dangers in our time, one of the dangers, and if you got a family, if you, if, if you have a family, and if you don't, this is something, and you're going to one day, this is something you got to be aware. One of the dangers in our day is that we're not connecting with our kids throughout the week. We eat in the car. They eat in front of the TV. And God gave us the Sabbath so that at least, and it shouldn't just be one day a week, but especially on the Sabbath, where you can just sit down and laugh and connect and, hey, what are you up to? What, what, what do you think about this? Tell me, tell me what you're going through. If you're a parent, you need to be connecting with your kids. You need to be connecting with your loved ones. But listen to me. Not only is the Sabbath a day to connect with our loved ones, but it is also a day to connect with our church family. Let me say that again. It is a day to connect with our church family. Church, 
I want to tell you that church should not be an option. You should not wake up every day and say, do I feel like going to church? No, I'm too tired. I worked late last night. Should not be an option. It is a day dedicated unto the Lord where we honor him. Can I say something strong? But I don't mean it offensive. I, I, I just want to be truthful. It's interesting that there's things that will stop people from coming to church on Sunday, but not from going to work on Monday. If it's not going to stop you from going to work on Monday, it shouldn't stop you from coming to church on Sunday. You need to connect with your church family. It is a commandment. It is a commandment. This pandemic taught us that church is optional, and it is not. And for those of you watching online, if, if you have a valid reason for not coming, we understand. But if you are not coming simply because it's more convenient, let me tell you something. You are missing out. You are missing out. You were meant not to sit in front of a TV, but you were meant to sit next to somebody. You were meant to be loved by somebody, to be known by somebody, and to be part of the body. Look at what the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Look at this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and what? Good works. And look at this next verse. Somebody ought to get a tattoo of this. And let us not neglect our meeting what? Together. Let us not neglect our what? Our meeting together. There's some people that come one Sunday and skip a whole month. That is not biblical. That does not please the Lord. That is not a good uh, a behavior of somebody who says they love God, knows God, and has a relationship with God. He says, let us not neglect our meeting together. Look at this. As some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing what? Near. So the Sabbath is a day to nurture relationships with our loved ones. You know what's one of the things that we do as a family on Sundays? We take a family nap. We come to church. We go grab something to eat. Sometimes we invite people with us. Sometimes they invite us. Once in a while, we like to be loners. And we just, and then after that, we go home and we just get under the beds and we sleep for two, three hours. All of us. I'm discipling my kids to be nappers on Sundays. It's a day of rest, right? It's a day of rest. Here's the third thing. Here's the third thing. The day of the Lord, it is a day to receive. It is a day to receive. Acts 20 verse 7 says, On the first day of the week, we gather with the local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. Paul was preaching to them. Paul was preaching to them. And the next day, meeting the next day, talking until midnight. Can you imagine being in that preaching that Paul gave? He preached all the way to midnight. He preached all the way to midnight. I don't know how many points he had. I don't know how many points he had, but he must have had a lot. The Sabbath is a day. Sabbath is a day we receive. What do we receive? Let me give you three things. Let me give you three things that you receive. First thing that we are to receive. First thing that we are to receive. Is the word of God. One of the important things about one of the important things about coming to church that we receive the bread of life. Receive the bread. That we receive the source of life. 
We receive the word of God. We receive the word of God throughout the week. To help us to be, to help us to be, we receive the word of God. We receive the word of God better. To know God better. To know how to love Him. To know how to have a relationship. You know when people miss church. You know when people miss church. Wonder. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. How do you make their actions? Supplement their actions. Sit down and actually listen to sermon. Listen to what the sermon. And if they're not. Then if they're not, then what is what fueling their what is fueling their fueling their what is fueling their what is fueling their passion? Because if it's not the word of God, it's going to be not the word of God. It's going to be something else. So the Sabbath is the day. So the Sabbath is the word of God. The same thing that we receive. The second thing that we receive is we receive spirit. That's why we worship. That's why we worship. We want to be renewed. We want to be renewed. to receive focus for our life, to be reminded that there's something bigger than the job that we have and the house that we own, that we are more than just flesh and bones, that we are spirit, and that we have an eternity that awaits us with God. Amen? Amen. And then the last one, and I finish with this. The Sabbath, the Lord's Day, it is a day It is a day to trust. It is a day to trust God. Church, this is what the Sabbath is about. It is a day about trusting God. It is about a day where you trust God so much, you stop. You don't go to work. You don't do things because you trust that he can take care of you. Where you trust him so much that you can stop to delight in him. Where you can stop to enjoy him. Where you can stop to worship him. And let me tell you that the main reason people don't practice the Sabbath of this because they do not have enough trust in God 
And the Sabbath teaches us to trust God. I'm not going to read the passage. It's there on your outlines. Let me tell you the story really quick. When God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, he gave them manna. He fed them with manna. And he said, every morning I will pour out manna and you'll be able to pick it up, bake it, cook it, boil it, to have food. And he says, but only pick up enough for that day. He wanted to teach them to trust him to provide their daily bread. But on the sixth day, he said, on the Sabbath, he said, the day before the Sabbath, I want you to pick up double the portion. And this time, it's not going to spoil. It's not going to go bad. I'm going to guard it and I'm going to protect it so that you can rest on the Sabbath and have food to eat on the Sabbath. God wants us to trust him. Trust him enough to tell your boss, no, I'm sorry, I can't come to work on Sunday. To say, I'm tired, but I can still go and be in the house of the Lord because I know he will renew my strength like the eagles. To trust the Lord. And listen, when you trust him, you can delight in him. You can delight in him. You know, we went to, I told you, we went to Orlando and I, I, I'm sure you feel this way, but sometimes I feel like my kids think I'm a credit card. <laughs> Anybody felt that way? Like, I want this, and I want that, and, and I want this, and, and, and give me this, and, 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 and you know, and, and I, I, you got to know something about me. I'm cheap. I, I'm a saver. I, I, I like to save. I like to enjoy stuff, but if I got $10, I'll spend two of them and save eight of them. That's just me, you know? So, so I'm a little stingy, but when it comes to my kids, when it comes to my kids, I'm not. You know? I remember, well, I don't have enough time, but uh, maybe I'll tell you next week, you know? But here's the thing. Here, here's where I'm going. My kids can ask me because they trust that I can provide for them. Can you trust God enough to do what he says, knowing that he can take care of you, your world, your life, your business, your family, your health. Trust him. Trust him. Honor the Sabbath. Put God first. Make room for God. And when you do, you'll be a better person, you'll be a healthier person, and you'll know God better. Would you bow your head with me? I want to ask you to do something, church. I, my prayer was that as you heard this morning, that you would not become defensive and excusive. That you would not say, but you don't understand this, Pastor. And, and you only say this because it's different for you. My prayer is that you would be reflective before the Lord. That you would be an open book to the Holy Spirit and say, if you've pointed these things out as much as they hurt, I want to repent and change them because I'm going to trust that your ways are better. I'm going to trust that your way is possible and it's better. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare him your God. No one loves you like Jesus and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. 
Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Day Spring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.